Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 74, released on February 23rd, 2011. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good mate, Scotty V. G'day, Scotty. G'day. How is everyone? What's <laughs> happening? Um, it's always always uh, tickles a funny bone when I hear Americans say g'day to me. G'day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Aussie tickle you any time, sir. <laughs> uh, very good. How's things with you? Things are going well. I just yeah. spent uh, quite a few uh, uh, hours shoveling snow here uh, wow. where I am. Uh, why don't you tell me about all your snow, where you're at? <laughs> uh, there's none. Uh, there might be some in the, uh, some in the freezer, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, really warm here. I uh, spent the weekend mostly uh, swimming in the pool at my parents' place, so... Uh, yeah, it's uh, chalk and cheese. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Good for you, my friend. Good <laughs> for you. So do you get a lot of snow there? Uh, yeah, we got, I'd say we got about almost a foot, maybe eight inches, ten inches. Wow. There you go. So it's a bit yeah. of a pain in the backside. Yeah, well, my brother-in-law just attached a plow to the front of his truck, so he came over and, and got a good portion of the driveway. Uh, I still have to dig out the cars and... and uh, do all that but uh, and I don't even have boots so I'm wearing shoes and I'm sinking into a foot of snow and it's fun times uh, fun and games yeah well I've never it doesn't snow here where I live whatsoever so uh in you know where I'm located in, in Sydney so um yeah it's uh, it's interesting to me I've never really lived in a place where there's been snow for you if you wanted to go sledding or something uh, a super breath would come in really handy. You just create your own kind of deal. And then for me, if I had heat vision, I could just go out there and just kind of wax over the entire uh, lawn and driveway and everything would be fine. There you go. Why don't they write a Superman story about that? <laughs> they should. <laughs> Maybe he'll do it as he treks across America in his uh, grounded storyline. He'll have to track across Australia and say, I-, I heard that you guys wanted to see snow in your town. So, And he can do what they did in Smallville when they were on top of the Seattle Space Needle and they turned the, the rain into snow and everybody was surprised that there was snow in, Se- in Seattle there. And, there you go. Uh, could do that. All right, well, let's get into our discussion topics. Uh, we don't want to bore do people too much with our uh, personal uh, snow and sun stories. Um Big news, Henry Cavill is Superman. Uh, he was, uh, it was kind of just happened after we recorded our lo- last podcast. So it's kind of been a month for us to sit and take it all in. Uh, what's your reaction to this casting news? I've been stewing and being angry and throwing things since it was announced. No, no. Um, but that is what I've been hearing on a lot of the message boards, uh, a lot of the different write-ups, a lot of people's reaction to it seems to be kind of ire filled you have one side who uh has been has been uh, clamoring for tom welling since before brandon routh was even cast and superman returns was filmed and they're still you know doing the same kind of thing wishing and hoping and if it's not tom welling it's nobody and then you have the other side that is 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 complaining that henry cavill is british and that he's small and he's not tall enough and he doesn't have muscles and then you've got some people who are who are kind of like me, like, uh, well, you know, um, I'm sure he can uh, learn an, an American accent, and I'm sure that he has time to get himself in uh, Superman shape. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly, I'm with you 100%. I, I don't understand, I, I mean, I can understand the Welling fans and, you know, good luck to them, that's their Superman, that's what, they, they can't, can't see anything beyond Tom Welling as Superman, and 
it was never going to happen. Tom Welling was no, never going to be the Superman in, in a movie because the movie is not connected with Smallville, and, and that's, that's just the way it is. That's reality. Um, TV stars very rarely go on to become the same character in a movie version unless it's a movie adaption of that TV series. So putting aside that, uh, the, the remarks about um, Henry Cavill's appearance, his, his um, nationality, I think are ridiculous. I mean, we had you know, Christian Bale, who's also British, played Batman. Um, uh, isn't uh, the guy who played Spider-Man, wasn't he? He's not American, is he? Um, well, the original, Tobey Maguire is, yeah. uh, but uh, the new guy, the new guy isn't. Uh, James Garfield, um, is, uh, I believe, uh, British. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to have to see how that goes as well. And I, since we're not doing the Spider-Man homepage, I <laughs> haven't had the ability to read all of the – I'm sure that there's arguing and controversy yeah. over that as well. I mean I think Spidey looks great in the pictures that I've seen. Mm. Uh, looks like it fits really well with uh, some of the pictures I've seen on the covers of Spidey comics. And you know, when you look at the Entertainment Weekly uh, article – uh, with Henry Cavill, I'd like. Obviously, we're all waiting to see shots of him in the suit, even if yeah. it's the Christopher Reeve suit that yeah. they say they used uh, to test him out with. To start, if, if we could see some of that, I think that's going to be exciting. Um, but if you look at the article, you can you can and the pictures, you can see that he has the facial structure, he has the jaw bones, the 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 strong chin, and he has the piercing blue eyes. The hair is a little wavy, which is perfect uh, to get that that little bit of curl that, that Superman uh, seems to have. And I think that we've seen pictures of him in his muscle-bound shape. He's never, in the pictures I've seen, he's, he doesn't really look like a big guy, a giant guy, but he certainly is in shape exactly. uh, in those pictures. And I think that if, you know, they get him some protein shakes, they get him some uh, specialists, they get him some people to work with him, they have plenty of time, and these guys know what they're doing. I mean, they do it for for Terry Hatcher when she has a baby and she needs to get back into the studio to film her show. They they do it for any uh, actors that are that are that are moms that have to you know, and they know what they're doing. You know, I see these these female actors come back to their show, and I go, "Wow, she just had a baby." Yeah. Um, and it's a month later, and they're they're in tip top shape again. So I really wouldn't be concerned about whether or not he can be in athletic shape. I mean, for me, I kind of like a slimmer, not unmuscular, but not beefy um, Hulk-like Superman. I've heard the argument that he is drawn like the Hulk. And he is in some instances, but in others he's drawn a little thinner. And in some he's drawn about a medium-sized, you know, and I like about, I like average, but athletic muscular build. And I I don't think that we have anything to worry about as far as time's concerned for him to get into that kind of shape. Exactly. And people are looking at that photo and the photo of him that, you know, you know, in his current state. But I mean, let's look back. Christopher Reeve, before he got the Superman role, was a wafer thin you know, stick figure who had no muscle on him whatsoever and had sandy, blondie, you know, brown hair. Uh, mm. Tom Welling, before he, you know, that that first model shot we saw of him before he started shooting Smallville, he looked like a uh, anorexic type, uh, you know, really high cheekbones, very with, you know, withdrawn face um, and looked nothing like Superman, not, looked nothing like a young Clark Kent in that model shot that we saw of him. You know, these are shots of, of actors before they're being modelled for the role. So let's not uh, take too much into, you know, look too much into that. 
he's going to get hairstylists for his hair. You know, people saying, oh, he looks like Hasselhoff with his hair. You know, I mean, come on. Right, right. You know, he, this is, he hasn't been styled. His hair hasn't been styled yet into the yeah, I've heard that. People, I, was, I didn't even know what they meant. I started seeing people talk about Hasselhoff and – I mean, I don't think he looks like Hasselhoff at all. But <laughs> no. now you mentioned his hair. I guess if they're if they're referring to the somewhat curly, wavy hair, I mean, they can make people look any way they want to on film. Uh, you exactly. know, when you see, I, I've seen some of these some actors in real life or on live programs where they're being interviewed, and they look completely different than they do uh, when they're on their show or when they're on, in their movies because, right. you know, we have expert lighting, we have uh, expert makeup, we have hair people, we have costume people. Uh, sometimes you get a guy who's like Zod, for instance, uh, Terrence Stamp in the Superman movies, um, was short, yeah. uh, under six feet, and, yeah. and not particularly big or muscular, but in my opinion, they did a fantastic job of making him seem imposing, making him seem That's like right. he was bigger than life, and they do that. That's what Hollywood does. That's They're specialists in that. They know how to do that. Exactly. I mean, they've been, you've had actors in the past who are, you know, five foot five and uh, are the hero of the story, and, you know, the, the way they shoot them, the angles, everything like that, they make these characters look bigger than life. And, um, you know, they do that. You know, people are complaining, oh, he's only six foot one, Superman's supposed to be six foot three. Come on, two inches? I mean, it's not like he's a midget, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, Vern Troyer cast as Superman, you know. <laughs> Have him run in as, as Mini-Maid and with the S on his shirt and... <laughs> You know, then, you know, maybe we could have a discussion about him being too short. But yeah. it's really, you know, unless they put him next to uh, someone who is super tall, in which case the character is probably supposed to be that much bigger than Superman anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've seen in the comics certain people tower over Superman. But I've seen other times when he's three feet over a fireman's head. And I think that that's a little bit. Exaggerated. Yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah. Um, but some people have that. You have that impression of what Superman is, and yeah. he's this giant, larger-than-life personality, and he 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 exhumes authority, and 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 just and sometimes that gets into your head. I think even when you're drawing it, and and you may tend to exaggerate it just a little bit. Exactly. So I I'm with you. I think Henry Cavill is a great choice. I think he has look, um, and I'm really eager to see you know, the first photos of him in the suit uh, as Clark Kent. And that will be, you know, once he's been, uh, like I said, been in there with a bodybuilder, had uh, some bulk put on him, uh, had his hair, you know, done, all those kinds of things that, you know, movie artists know what to, what, what they're doing to make the person look like the character. So, uh, you know, let's not start photoshopping his face on top of uh, <laughs> Christopher Reeve costumes and, right. and thinking, oh, this is going to, you know, this is what he's going to look like. Because, and let's uh, be prepared, you know, when some of those photos come out, it may still be early in the process. Yeah. We may still be seeing testing photos and exactly. practice photos and what does this costume look like versus this one. Right. So people are – we're going to still see a wave of people saying, look at this. See, we're right. You know, oh, we're going to see CGI muscles. Now, I don't even know where that came from. I suppose it's possible. But, you know, let's calm down a little bit and, and have a little possible faith. I mean, I admit we have no particular reason to expect it's going to be fantastic. But I don't think we have any particular reason to expect it's not going to be. That's right. Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, try to be as positive as possible. I mean, that's what we're, you know, we're Superman fans because the character is a positive type character. You know, this is not uh, some evil person where 
following. Uh, this is a, a positive character, so you know, let's try to mirror that um, and not see, not be so negative uh, in our, um, you know, in our approach to this new movie. Let's do. Now, now speaking of the new yeah. movie. Uh, there, there have been some female, uh, movie role rumors as well. Now we don't know exactly what characters these, these ladies have been tapped to possibly be cast as. Um, but we have people like, uh, Olivia Wilde, uh, maybe for Lois, we have some, some, uh, actors being talked about for possibly Ursa. And then of course we have the crazy Lindsay Lohan type stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Which I, I, I'm myself, I'm betting on it. Lindsay Lohan, man. I'm putting a hundred on Lindsay. She's, she, <laughs> what do we odds? have anybody who'll take that? What are the odds? Oh boy. That would pay off. I think <laughs> I'd be a rich man. If I took that bet, I'd be rich if it ever, you know, came to fruition. What do you think? Yeah. I think that Lindsay Lohan rumor is probably came about because a Superman, the story about the new movie was, you know, up there as one of the top stories of the, of that period. And at the same time, Lindsay was going through this, you know, being uh, in the court, you know, being uh, her trial over her, whatever she did, the latest thing she's done. Um, what was it, shopkeeping or some, some some stupid drug thing? I don't know. And so I'm thinking it's it's somebody in her camp saying, look, let's latch on to this Superman thing and give a positive spin to Lindsay and try to take away uh, the interest in what's going on with her court case, you know, uh, I kind of think it's somebody, you know, somebody trying to put a positive spin on Lindsay, where uh, everyone else could uh, see how ridiculous that story was. Right. Well, like, you know, you people probably looking up Lindsay Lohan to see what's going on, what kind of rumors are out, what, what trouble she's gotten into this week. And now, when you when you do a search for Lindsay Lohan, uh, some of the top stories that come up are she's in talks with the Superman people. Exactly. She's up for a role. She's this. She's that. You know, she's and back on I, track acting. In other words, right, right. Um, I, I I gotta say that I don't think that it would be an immediate failure or that it would necessarily destroy the movie no matter who is cast. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, it's impossible or that there couldn't possibly be a role somewhere in a movie for Lindsay Lohan, but I, I certainly would take this with a grain of salt. hundred uh, percent. Take it with a cup of salt even. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but as, as for some of the other rumors, like this Ursa rumor, you know, you've got to wonder whether or not there's any truth to that whatsoever because of the three actresses that were named, um, one of them being, uh, what was her name, uh, Kruger. Um, Diane, yeah. Diane Kruger. Um, the other one would being Alice Eve and Rosamund Pike. Um, of the three of those actresses who were supposed to be competing for this female lead role that was a Kryptonian villainess, um, two of them have already come out and said it's not true. Um, Diane Kruger herself said, no, never heard of it, don't know who, where this rumour started. And I believe Rosamund Pike has already been cast uh, in the sequel or prequel, I don't know which is it, which it is, to the Clash of the Titans film. So um, not happening as far as she's concerned. So you have to wonder whether or not this uh, Variety.com claim that uh, those three actresses were in the running for a lead female role in the Superman movie has any truth to it whatsoever. Well, as with anything, now that we're in the we're well ensconced in the age of the internet. And rumor mongering and and stories coming out from every possible source, even ones that aren't anywhere connected to the subject that they're talking about. Uh, I'm sure that we learned with with Superman Returns, with with any of the Batman movies, with any of these superhero projects uh, and other movies that 
uh, rumors come out of everywhere, and most of them uh, prove to be uh, unfounded. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because it shows you just how crazy these rumors rumors can get. Because the Variety dot com article said that there was, you know, these three actresses were going for a lead female lead role in the Superman movie, but it wasn't Lois Lane. Everybody suddenly goes, "Oh, Lois Lane's not going to be in the movie. How can they have a movie without Lois Lane?" Like, you know, get a hold, get a grip, people. You know, they just said Calm that down. these women were going for a lead role that wasn't Lois Lane. Doesn't mean Lois Lane's not going to be in the movie. These how this is how rumors start, and this is how things snowball, and it just gets crazy. It's just ridiculous. I don't understand why people's um, you know minds leave their body as soon as they hear a rumor. Well, people are are so passionate about their heroes and their childhoods and and the things that they grew up with, and I think Superman Returns. Proves a lot of that in that Brian Singer was not really even a Superman fan, but he was a Richard Donner Superman movie fan. Yeah. And so for him uh, to see those things come to life in the same manner as what Richard Donner did was what he wanted to do, was his passion, was where yeah. he wanted to see the movie go to. And I think that fans and even people who work for reputable news organizations sometimes get a little carried away with something that they hear or a report that comes out because, uh, uh, let's face it, uh, people are passionate about Superman in every walk of life, in every country, uh, in every city across the world. Uh, there are people that have uh, strong feelings toward Superman. Uh, you've got Smallville people. You've got Christopher Reeves Superman people. You know, you have George Reeves. You have the cartoons. You have all these different levels and all these different layers and what people want to see or think they should see or what's right or what's wrong or how should it be based on what I think, what you think, what they think. And, and when people hear something, they, they tend to go, oh, that's not what I think it should be or that's not how it was when I was growing up or yeah. what I read. Or, and people get upset. And I don't blame them. I mean I, I tend to uh, uh, feel a little strongly about certain subjects at certain times. But again, we're in the very early stages and, and a lot of these we have to know in advance are rumors and possibilities and things that might have been thought of once or that somebody said. Or, and we, we won't know until we know. Exactly, and people just need to understand that, yes, they have their own particular perception of what Superman should be like, just like the next person has their own individual perception. And just because someone's idea of Superman is different to your own, it doesn't give you the right to attack them or belittle them or put them down. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and just because someone's opinion differs from your own does not give you the right to attack them or tell them they're wrong. Everyone's got their own opinion. Live with it, argue your point, but let's not get you know personal. I think we can even make it fun. I mean, if you have a strong opinion, you know, be be you know, can be be happy about it, be excited about it, be passionate about it, but don't be as Steve says, don't be insulting, don't be don't be a little gnat uh, every time you have a chance come in and, and yell your side. Just uh, you know, uh, oh well, you know, I think it's funny you think this and I think this and and just leave it at that. I mean, we all have our own opinions on everything. Exactly. Uh, so, and I don't think it's a need. We don't need to be getting firing insults back and forth. It's, I mean, first of all, what true connection do we have to what they do in Hollywood? I mean, we want to see something great because we're fans, but is it really going to upset our lives or destroy our world or ruin our marriage? Or, you know, I mean, are we really going to be upset if, if we get a movie that we're not that crazy about? I mean, I see movies all the time that I hate. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not suffering for it. 
you know. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think we just need to enjoy it and be excited. And I, I, I talk to people all the time who are just waiting for the next real news that gets announced and they're happy and they're passionate and they're excited. And I think that's really the way to go. Exactly. I mean, it, it just frustrates me when I see comments like people, when Henry Cavill was quoted as saying how excited he was when he learned that he'd won the role and he was trying to ring his girlfriend, he was trying to ring his parents and nobody would answer their, to quote him, no one would answer their bloody phones. Yeah. Now someone came on the comments on the Superman homepage and said, Oh, that's ridiculous. Superman would never say bloody. You know, I mean, <laughs> h- hello, people. Uh, he's not Superman. He's an actor. Uh, Christopher Reeve was in a married, was in a partnership. With, he wasn't married. He had kids out of wedlock. George Reeves was oh, a drinker God. who was in a relationship with a married woman. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> these people are not the character. They're actors. They've got to have their own lives. They've got to, they're not perfect. You know, get over well, it. I like to say, you know, um, Back in the Superboy days, the television show, uh, they did, at least to my understanding, recast uh, Superboy because um, uh, Newton was out uh, partying and getting into bar fights. And Warner Brothers TV at that time decided that this was not the type of individual that they wanted representing their superhero. And and I I kind of I mean I agree with that to an extent. It kind of it goes a little bit back to a Lindsay Lohan or something like that, where it's not necessarily that we expect them to really be that person. And we know we all have our vices and we go out drinking or we go out and have fun and we, you know, but when you're, when you're talking about a character like Superman or Superboy in the case back in the eighties, you, you do have kind of an obligation to uphold that character so that when families with kids look at this, they can say uh, that overall that's a person that I want my children to look up to because he is supposed to be the embodiment of all that is good and heroic. Exactly. And suddenly you turn around and you see uh, Hames Newton getting into bar fights or whatever the rumor was, and it's just not acceptable anymore. And I, I kind of have a feeling that we don't really have that necessarily going for us with DC at this time, based on the writings that are coming out, the changes that are happening in comics, the uh, some of the issues that some people have with Smallville – the 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 ownership and the 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 cradle that's happening with Superman right now, the people that are supposed to be taking care of this, uh, sometimes don't seem to have that interest in their mind anymore. Mm. You, I, I don't know if you find that or not, but yeah, I think uh, we're just in a different era as far as that's concerned. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't seem to have that wholesome um, ideals uh, for characters like we used to. You know, um, you know. For instance, Clark's in Smallville's sleeping, you know, having sex before marriage, which would not be something that they would necessarily have done, say, in the 60s uh, or 50s, you know. Um, yes, I mean, they couldn't even show uh, Noel Neal in the Kellogg's commercials uh, selling breakfast cereal with the other actors because of the fact that it would appear that she was having breakfast with, um, after, you know... After with, a night with two men, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, you know, it's a different era, Um for better or worse, that's just the way it is. And um, but I just think people take it too too far uh, in this case with the uh, with what they expect of the actor. But yeah, I mean, just like football stars or or sports stars, they need to they're you know, they're role models for the kids. So if they're you know doing stuff stuff outside of the sport that is you know um, illegal or or immoral or unethical, then you know we expect we there are big news stories about that. So we expect them to be 
role models for the children who look up to them as sports stars. So I guess they're to an extent actors have to do this, the same thing to an extent, but um, you know let's not uh, get overboard with it. Right. Now another rumor that uh, just kind of happening at, as we record this was the fact that Kevin Costner was supposedly up for a role in the new Superman movie, and uh, LatinoReview.com seemed to think that it's for Jonathan Kent. <laughs> How about it? Mm, what do you think? I thought maybe it would have been an all right Perry White, but uh, I guess he's got that southern kind of accent for uh, a Jonathan Kent, if that's, you know, mid-America. Oh, I mean, is that the kind of accent you'd expect from uh, Kansas? Well, you know, um, he's not too over the top as far as accents go. I actually sure. think he um, he kind of exudes Americana rather well. Yep. Some people think he's kind of a dry actor, kind of one note. Um, but I've enjoyed him in, in several of his roles, and it's kind of reminiscent to me of like a Marlon Brando type thing. Not that he is as iconic as Marlon Brando, yeah. but he's kind of a big American movie star, and he's kind of playing a more minor role in a situation like what Marlon Brando had in the Christopher Reeve films. Yep, so uh, take it with a grain of salt, as we've said with other rumors, but uh, possibly Kev- Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent in the new Superman movie. I think that could be cool. Yep. Now, in other movie news, we've got All-Star Superman premiering uh, or releasing uh, on the 22nd of this month, uh, which is uh, now you know available because this podcast is available February 23rd. Actually, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> that was a total mess. In other movie news, All-Star Superman is now available on DVD and Blu-ray disc as of February 22nd. Uh, we had two premieres, both one first in New York and the other one in L.A. Now, Scott, you attended the New York premiere. What was that like? I did. It was a good time. You know, it's my first uh, red carpet event as kind of a media person. And uh, Christina Hendricks, who plays Lois Lane, was there. And, and I got to talk to her with a few other people at length. Um, she was very nice. And uh, I like her portrayal as Lois Lane. So it was fun to get some of some questions answered from her. And, and I also uh, interviewed uh, Dwayne McDuffie, who uh, was the screenwriter. And he, too, was very passionate about the character and, and very interesting to talk to. And, and those interviews are available as well as some video interviews on the Superman homepage. Uh, the ones by me are write-ups, so you could read those. And then we have some, some nice videos where they answer a lot of other questions as well. Yeah, we had uh, Rennie Cowan uh, do the videos for us at the L.A. premiere, along with Jeffrey Bridges, who attended and uh, wrote review of the film, as you wrote your own spoiler-free version uh, of the uh, the review for the film. Uh, overall, your impressions of the movie? I uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I was a little more detached than I would have liked to be. It might have been because I was in the front row with my neck craned up <laughs> looking at this giant screen, um, and I had a bit of a headache, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they were talking about they, they were talking about a character arc and an emotional feeling that every character gets to have in the movie and uh, in my spoiler free review i kind of felt I, I kind of come across as having feel, felt some of that and to an extent i still do but having a little time to reflect on it i think I think it wasn't as strong as I might have liked it to be um and I was a little detached from the characters more than I would like to be just because 
Um, it is kind of a Silver Age type story, and it's not necessarily the Superman or Lois Lane that 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 I picture. But again, we go back to everybody has their own impressions. But it is very epic. Uh, I like the animation. I like the 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 voice acting is is good, and uh, the music again. Music does so much for me when I'm watching a movie or a TV show. Uh, I think they got the music uh, really dead on. And uh, do you think that the the problems you had with it? feeling detached was because of the length do you think that had any problem any any uh, uh you know uh, well i mean i i i've told people uh people have emailed me or i've seen comments uh kind of uh begrudging these movies for them being so short and i actually did ask Dwayne mcduffie what the reason behind that is and and the reason is that each minute after the 70 or 75 minute uh, cost them X amount of dollars and, and they want to sell these movies for a certain amount so that they, the average buyer can go in and say, oh, I'm looking for a movie to watch with my little five-year-old son. Here's one about Superman. It's only 20 bucks. Let's buy it. We'll watch it tonight. Whereas if you add each minute that you add on, it adds on money and then they end up not being profitable and then they may or may not get to make any more of these movies. So uh, I think that that that's a reason that I can accept. Whereas I tell people, hey, I I'd, I'd watch a three hour Superman movie. I watch a three day Superman movie. Um, you know, but that's me, and that's some fans or whatever. But they do have a, a price point they have to hit, and they and they have to appeal to the regular casual uh, movie watcher. Um, so no, I don't think that the link. Well, I mean, things have to be cut. And there was one scene that Dwayne talked about that he loved, and I've heard a lot of fans talk about. Uh, the, the the teen suicide scene was cut, um, and it's really an emotional, dramatic scene that really gets to the core of who Superman is, and that is no matter what his problems are, no matter what action he's into right now, um, a, a young girl contemplating suicide is always going to be important to him, and if he's there and if he is not directly in the middle of something and he can stop, he'll take time out of his own life, no matter what's going on, to try and help that person, and Dwayne love the scene and I know a lot of fans love the scene and he said there just wasn't a place for it based on the emotional arc that Superman is traveling through and the story that they were trying to tell. Now Jeffrey, when he wrote his review, mentions it as well and says that he would have gladly uh, gotten rid of any number of the action scenes that were there to see that scene because it gets more to the emotional core and I feel like uh, even though I didn't remember it from the book series, I think I would have gotten a tear to my eye or felt a little more emotionally connected or felt moved by it had I seen that scene as well. And Dwayne, the writer, even says that he would have gladly gotten rid of an action scene or a fight scene or Superman lifting something heavy if he could find a place for it. So I don't I don't know. I think when they were writing it, they felt like there was nowhere to put it. But I also I also think that maybe some of the action could have been shortened or cut somewhere to include something like that. So... Yeah, that's how I feel there. Very good. Well, as I said, uh, February 22nd was the release date for the DVD Blu-ray disc uh, All-Star Superman animated film. So get out and buy it. It's uh, available through the Superman homepage via our Amazon.com links. So uh, All-Star Superman, uh, available right now. All right, well, let's move into Smallville um, discussions. And again, we've got big news there with Michael Rosenbaum coming back uh, to play Lex Luthor in the finale. And there was much applause and fanfare and trumpets and music and marching bands and yes, excitement. eventually, but uh, it was funny. Once again, we had a big news outlet saying, oh, he's not coming back. And then the same day, the same day, a couple of hours later, we had it confirmed that he was indeed coming back. 
And to see the difference in the comments from one of the one story to the next, people right. were ready to crucify him for not coming back. Uh, and then a couple of hours later, they're all uh, lauding praise on him. <laughs> the same people. It was right, <laughs> right on top of another. He's not coming, and then he is coming almost as almost as quickly as you could blink. Yeah, he wasn't, and then he was. And and you had people that were crucifying him, as you say, uh, for not coming back. And then suddenly they're praising him, and they're, you know, oh, we knew, I knew it, I knew that he wouldn't <laughs> screw us like that. I knew that the bomb had our best interest at heart, and that he was going to be there for us. Yeah, well, it's uh, and they turned out to be somewhat right because if you if you read some of uh, Michael Rosenbaum's actual comments. The reason he says he's doing it is because he believes that that uh, the fans deserve it and that it's what they want to see, and then he wants to make them happy. Yeah, well, he said, and I'll quote him here. You said the, the, the official quote was, "I'm simply doing it for all the fans out there who made Smallville the great success it is. I pre- appreciate all their passion, their relentlessness, and even their threats." Ha ha. So uh, he was aware <laughs> of everything that was going on, um, yeah. and you know, good on him for coming back. I believe he's not shaving his head uh, for role he's going to be wearing uh, one of those uh, bald caps but um you can't blame him if he's got other roles uh he's not just coming back for one hour episode to shave his head and ruin other opportunities he's got elsewhere so um, i'm sure they'll do a good job of that absolutely we have again with the expert makeup people and the hair people and um i think that uh they can make it believable enough that yeah. and in fact uh, i i when you watch some of the older episodes of smallville uh, you can see that Rosenbaum has a shaved head because you can see little stipple yep. uh, coming in. And I say a guy who lost the ability to grow hair back in a cornfield wouldn't have a stipple growing in, <laughs> in his head. But, you know, somehow they missed it or somehow they were under such a time constraint that they didn't have as much time as they wanted to make sure that it was covered. Uh, you have the same thing with Clark a lot of times. And that may be that they don't mind so much because Clark is a, a guy that would have the ability to grow a beard. So at times you see Stubble. a little bit of a five o'clock shadow or yep. something like that going on. Uh, you know, but I think that they'll be fine with using, using a cap. And, uh, and, and of course we're all excited. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum uh, was a fantastic part of the show. And uh, I was by myself. I think I cried for, for three hours when, uh, <laughs> when it, they announced he was leaving the show. Yeah, well, he is, for many people, the, the best Lex Luthor we've seen in a live-action version. And um, it's great to hear that he's coming back and that will just round off the series uh, the way everyone is hoping it would. Um, and he's not alone in returning. We've got um, supposedly Callum Blue is coming back to reprise his role as Zod for one episode. And, yeah. <laughs> and even uh, Laura Vandervoort is coming back for one more turn as Supergirl, Kara Zarel. That's right. I, I think it's cool. Uh, I loved um, the uh, epic showdown between Clark and Zod uh, on the roof of that building. Uh, I thought uh, it was it was really cool to see Clark actually use his head and 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 trick the guy into into uh, being sucked up by the yellow light. So I think it's going to be neat to see his take on uh, what happened and 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 how he felt about it after when, mm. when Zod does return. Yep, and uh, we've had Martha Kent returning. We believe Jonathan Kent's coming back for another one. Uh, Lionel Luthor, well, you know, is the alternative version of him is back. So they're really, you know, um, I don't know if you, I don't think we'll see Lana back, and I, I kind of, I wouldn't mind not seeing her back, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that because I know that there are people uh, that, that 
really want to see her come back, so I didn't want to be on one side or another. But <laughs> since you said it, I, and I think I'm protected under the veil of Steve, uh, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a brave man. I know, and it's not Kristen's fault. I no, think not she's, at all. I agree with everyone when they say she's very attractive, uh, and I liked her for, for, for a good portion of the time. Uh, but they... I, I got to say this, they really, they dropped the ball with her in such a way that people like you and I don't need to see her anymore. It's just, it's gotten to the point where it's more of the same and, and, and she's not, I personally got to the point where I didn't like her as a character anymore. And it's, it's, it's it's the writers that did that for whatever reason. And, and that's where we are. Now we've, since our last uh, podcast, there have been a number of new Smallville episodes uh, we'll touch on them quickly. Uh, we won't uh, go into full full reviews on each of them, but uh, Collateral was the one where uh, they were in a virtual reality, and um, you know it was up to Chloe. It was the Chloe, Chloe coming back um, episode. Chloe and, returns. Yeah, Chloe returns, and um, you know it was uh, a Matrix style episode, if you like. And to me, it was a bit annoying with the amount of one-liners and cliches that Chloe spewed out the whole episode. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> we were just talking about Lana. <laughs> uh, and I love Chloe. Uh, I, I love uh, Allison Mack. Um, and, and for a long period of time, she was my favorite character on the show. Um, in the in the early years, she would she would use these lines uh, like, uh, "Oh, so you don't want to be um you don't want to be flying to and fro and, and wearing uniforms all your life, Clark." And and the joke was that eventually he would be flying yeah. and wearing the red and blue uniform, and it was okay because it was there and it was kind of cute. When they ran out of those things, they just started writing anything she would say was in one of those phrases or cliche moments or something that might have been cool two years ago but now is kind of worn out and she does it all the time and i watch it and i go do people speak like it? Do you, have i ever met anyone who speaks like that and it oh. gets to it, it gets to a point like you say where it's just one after another and it's it's that's the entirety of the dialogue that she's given and it's just too much yeah i wonder if she sees it and thinks oh my god you know who talks like that? And and really, it's it kind of bring it pulls you out of the episode because you're getting these cheesy one-liners, like you know, um, oh, uh, you know, get this Alice out of this, you know, one uh, wonderland. wonderland or some stupid thing like that, and you're just thinking, oh my god, like it really pulls you out. If you if you could just say something normal, and you'd still be in the story, but when she comes up with these one-liners, it really pulls you out, and it's groundworthy. Yeah, and I. I... <laughs> I don't know why they do it. I mean, I know that they've established Chloe as a character that often delves into old literature and poems and things that, in general, the average uh, viewer doesn't even know what she's referring to. <laughs> uh, you know, she talks about Nietzsche or and, and and Aristotle and something that Plato once said, but she doesn't say that Plato once said this. She just kind of says it in a one-line quote and the people who get it, get it. And the people who don't just go, what, what, what did she just say? <laughs> so I don't know. They, they seem to enjoy doing that. And I get it that Chloe's hyper intelligent and, and, and is well read and all that, but, uh, you know, uh, tone it down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And then the next one was beacon, uh, which was Alexander trying to assassinate Martha for her pro vigilante, uh, stance. And, um, what do you make of Alexander? I mean, we already know who he's going to become, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. But um, 
what do you make of this whole clone Lex Luthor story? I mean, I thought they were going to become he was because he's growing so quickly that it was end up going to be that he was the Lex Luthor. But now we know that's not the case, and now we know that Rosenbaum's coming back. Um, bit weird. It is. It is. Um, I, I, they kind of established these roots back when uh, Lex was still on the show. Uh, and there was there's cloning and stuff going on all the time in comic books, so it's definitely a it's a piece of comic book lore mm. that is being used in the television show, and I'm always okay with that. Uh, obviously, um, you could easily dismiss cloning and say, "Oh, well, that's just stupid. Nobody can clone anything." Uh, but if you're in a comic book and you're and you're and it's about this rich guy who has scientists working for him around the clock who can come up with any kind of um, uh, advancement that they need. And you accept the, that 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 can happen. I, I think the cloning thing was put into place well, and and you know the whole thirty three point one and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Things were going on that we kind of saw glimpses of for years, and yeah. and those things, like a lot of these other characters returning in season ten, the final season, are kind of coming to fruition, and we're finally starting to see some of the things that maybe they were hinting at years ago. Yeah. Now, and I, we, I think it, obviously we knew Alexander was going to be a problem um, when he was threatening Tess and and uh, drawing Superman symbols all over the place, and uh, clearly has that uh, bit of a mental switch that has been turned off in him or never turned on um, right. to where he only remembers the betrayal and the hatred and and that he needs to sort of get revenge for the people who wronged him. Now, what do you make of Lionel uh, in that episode? I mean, he's, you know, it's the bad Lionel. I mean, Lionel, uh, he was kind of one of those figures in our, in our reality or in, this, in the Smallville reality, Smallville reality that he was kind of a fringe. You didn't know whether he was good, bad. You know, you didn't know which side of, of that line he, you know, kind of went over, crossed over uh, the line both ways. But now this alternate reality, uh, Lionel, is evil through and through. Yeah, I... I'm a little it's it's a little like Tess. I'm a little annoyed and always have been with some of the ambiguity that that Smallville seems to perpetrate again and again and that is that you have these characters that because they want them to be somewhat relatable, I think is the reason, because they want people to connect with them and maybe sort of understand. They kind of did it with Zod too. Is it Clark's fault? Is it Jor-El's fault? Is it is it Lionel's fault? Whose fault is it that these people become villains? And it kind of blurs the line of who's right and who's wrong, mm. even though we know that ultimately Clark's the good guy and Lex is the bad guy. We have people now who watch this show can say, well, yeah, but if Clark wasn't such a jerk, if Clark didn't grab him by the throat and hold him up in the air, if Clark didn't throw him through desks and accuse him of everything, if Clark would have just been honest, maybe Lex wouldn't have become what he became. But you have this Tess and, and Lionel for years one week they're doing something that seems so ultimately evil and then the next week they're begging forgiveness in there and they're telling people they really want to help them and it seems like they really do so it's it's i've never really had a grasp and i don't think it's a a a knock on my intelligence i just think that it hasn't really been clear at any point whether tess is 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 really somebody who wants to atone and be a good guy or whether Lionel really wants to be a bad guy. Now, clearly, the guy from the alternate universe is a bad guy, is the bad Lionel, is a badass. And I, I got to say this, love John Glover. I think from the beginning, he probably was one of the best actors on the show. I loved seeing him in, in, in episodes. I loved his back and forth with Lex. 
Uh, it got a little crazy when he started going back and forth with Clark. But the stuff with Lex and him, every time their scenes would come on, I was riveted to the screen. And seeing John Glover come back uh, is just great for me. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a big fan of John Glover as well. And I think he does the character fantastically. Uh, so it's interesting to see him back and just what role he'll play um, you know, in these final episodes. Uh, the next episode on that aired was Masquerade, which was just this weeks before we're uh, recording this podcast. And that was uh, the episode that saw Clark Kent finally d- donning the glasses and saying, you know, I need, you know, it's not the Blur who is the um, the alter ego. It's not the Blur who is the secret identity. The Blur is who I am. The Blur is who I was brought up to be. Uh, the Blur is, you know, the hero that I was, that uh, Martha and, and Jonathan taught me to be. Um, really, it's Clark Kent who has to be the mask. And when I'm around people in the Daily Planet and that, I've got to, you know, be uh, less um, of a hero and more of an every ter- every day guy, every you know, kind of a an everyman, so that uh, nobody thinks that uh, Clark Kent is the blur. You know, he's got to be seen to be a bit meek and mild, and not necessarily uh, a go getter. Well, I think it's about time. Obviously, <laughs> people have been really? clamoring for this for years. Uh, but I do. I will say that I I like the way that being that they are what they are and that Clark has never worn glasses or anything, they didn't ever get to a point where Lois didn't know and now suddenly he's wearing glasses and she still doesn't know. Uh, we got through all of that. Lois knows. Lois has seen him. And now it's the idea of fooling other people. Mm. And I've always kind of thought that Clark could do that because most people don't know people. You know, you if you walk down the street today with a hat on, uh, and then tomorrow without a hat on, nobody would notice. It wouldn't make any difference um, because you're just a regular guy. And if Clark's just a regular guy and he's just doing his job like anybody else, most people aren't even going to take notice that he might look like someone um, because a lot of people look like somebody. Um, no one's going to say, well, look at this guy. He must be Superman because they're not really interacting with him on a regular basis. But when you get into people like Lois or uh, Perry – who are going to talk to him every single day and talk to Superman every single day, it gets a little sketchy with the glasses. And people have complained about that for years. How does a guy just wear glasses and no one knows who he is? And I think that I think that Smallville has addressed it finally after uh, kind of letting everybody and their mother know who Clark was <laughs> uh, <laughs> by saying that um, – uh, Superman has always kind of wanted to show his face to the world. He's different than Batman in that way. He wants to Be own that that trust and and say, "Look, I'm out here. I'm doing this. I'm a regular uh, looking person. I'm not. I'm not somebody who needs to be hidden. And I think you can trust me. I'm earnest. Um, and and I want you to believe in me. And I think Clark, being the unassuming. Uh, maybe not bumbling, but uh, you did see him kind of bump into someone at the end of the episode. That may be the direction they're going to try to go in. Uh, although I think I almost think being overly clumsy <coughs> or drawing attention to yourself by knocking stuff over all the time is going to make people look at you more. Mm-hmm. So maybe you just want to fade into the background and kind of be a wallpaper and not have anyone notice you. Yep. Now, we've got upcoming episodes uh, labeled Fortune, and then there's Scion. And uh, Scion, is, is that how you pronounce it? S C I O N? Scion? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and, and Connor Kent. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> you know, they're trying to, they've, and they've done it 
for years now. Uh, they've, they're trying to do fan service on a constant basis, and they try to cram as much as they can into this story where Clark hasn't even become Superman yet, and now we've got Connor Kent. Uh, I think it's cool in one way, and then also I think it's a little bit frustrating in the same way as all these other heroes are running around with costumes and uh, Kara had her look before Superman had his and she can fly and and Superman's not even Superman yet. And now we have Connor who's going to be wearing the S and, and, and be in Connor where we and we have Clark who still is not satisfied with who he is yet and, and hasn't been hasn't been completed. Yeah, it is frustrating as a fan to see all these stories that come after Superman in every other continuity suddenly being brought before Superman. And really, when Superman comes and when Clark finally becomes Superman, it's going to be like an, almost an anti-climax in a way for the DC universe that they're telling uh, because everybody else is already heroes. There's heroes everywhere. And they're uh, already doing it. Yeah. They got his colors on, you know, Kara's wearing the colors and, and flying around and, 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 and nine different people wear the S symbol and... Uh, it's yeah. It's going to be very. I, I believe they're going to have the music ramped up, and they're going to have cool effects. And oh, don't get me wrong. Gonna, I'm not saying it's going to be an anticlimax for us. It'll be a climax for us as as viewers. But as far as the world that he's living in, it's just going to be another hero. Right. True, indeed. So, and that's why it's always been uh, my uh, biggest pet peeve with Smallville. Uh, even as early as the first season when he was walking around Smallville High and they had crows on the wall with with Superman capes on. Uh, that wasn't a look that anybody had. That wasn't, you know, that iconic regal Superman look was established by Superman, by the people who designed his costume, whether it be his mother or the people on Krypton or whatever it was. It wasn't something that people ran around seeing. Obviously, we're in the modern age now, so Superman's been around for years and years, and there's all kinds of heroes wearing capes. Uh, so you got to establish it in a different way. I understand that. But having him be inspired by a dumb crow painted on the wall at high school always bothered me. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, let's move away uh, from Smallville. But the only thing I want to say about it is that, yes, the series finale has been decided. It will be a two-hour finale. It still means we'll get 22 episodes. It's just that they're going to be joining the 21st and the 22nd episode in one hour slot. So um, we look forward to, to that, the series finale. Yeah. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying that little theme song they've come up with that's kind of the, the new Clark Kent slash Superman theme. Uh, it's bothersome that they got away from using the uh, uh, John Williams score because I, I was so it was you know it ramped you up you got excited I was running around the house with a napkin tied around my neck when they played that music uh, in the third season with Christopher Reeve and and they used it one or two more times and then they got away I don't know if it's a money thing or not but I I think that they finally kind of established a new smallville superman theme and i'm liking it it's in my head I'm, i was singing it all night last night trying to sleep i woke up with it in my head I, this morning i'm singing it in the shower <laughs> uh so it's one of those things where unlike a lot of other superheroes you don't walk out of the theater with the ability to, to sing any kind of theme uh smallville has managed to establish kind of their own theme and i think it works yep now, uh, staying on TV subjects, uh, Young Justice. I'm really enjoying this new animated series. Oh, me too. I uh, I said the last time. I think it's uh, it, it's got some of the best animation I've seen. 
um, on television. And it's 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 crisp, it's clean, it's colorful. The characters all look great, and the voiceover people are doing a great job. And the stories are 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 really good. They're not just they're not just throwaway animation uh, stories. They're they're really good, and each character kind of has their own parts, and they're kind of being spotlighted as episodes go yeah. on. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's what I was enjoying too. Is that each character seems to have a spotlight, or each a couple of the characters seems to be you know, the spotlight in each episode while the others, you know, still around but, to you know, are not as important to that story um, as the particular characters who are being highlighted at each episode. I mean, in the schooled episode, it was, you know, Superboy and uh, his relationship with Superman and, um, you know, and just his, his whole persona and his whole attitude. And then, in, you know, in Denial, um, it was, uh, you know, with Wally West and, uh, you know, Kid Flash or whatever his name is, and his, you know, attitude towards magic and things that are supernatural. And, um, you know, each episode, like you said, seems to focus on one particular, one or two particular characters and really fleshes out their character arc and their personality. And overall, it's, you know, it's really entertaining and it's, um, it's, it's something that adults and kids alike could, uh, can get into. I think that's what works best about it. It's not just an action series, although there's a lot of action and the fight scenes are great and it's drawn really well. But it's also got that 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 you know for for what you can in a 20 minute cartoon, it has that deepness where mm. you see inside these characters and you understand their motivations, and it's not it's not silly in any way. It's not it doesn't even feel like you're watching a cartoon, other than it's you know bright and and, and colorful and but it, but you know they feel like they could actually be characters yeah. and and real people just in this in this crazy world with powers yep so uh, if you're not watching the young justice animated series which airs on friday nights on cartoon network then you should be uh it's a good double uh, combination between young justice and then smallville uh, later that evening yeah it's great you know what else i like is that they they they're not the main characters but in almost every episode, several members of the, the grown-up Justice League have appearances and they have their importance and their influence on the Young Justice members. Yeah, exactly. So that's Young Justice on Friday nights on Cardo Network. Now, uh, comic books you know, seem to be taking a back step in a lot of Superman fans' lives these days simply because we don't have as much as we used to or as many as we used to. And, you know, Smallville and, and the new movies seem to be taking the focus uh, in the world of Superman. But, um, you know, it, it's a sad thing that uh, because we've only got Action Comics and Superman as the main two regular in-continuity titles, um, I'm finding that I'm enjoying them less. Well, I, I, I hate to say it, but it seems like I think... I, I think it's the writing. I think it's the creating team. I think it's the people, again, that have stewardship of these characters right now that aren't necessarily doing a, a righteous job <laughs> that some fans might feel is needed for these legendary characters. I will say this, though. If we can get a Superman movie in 2012 that has uh, maybe what Batman Begins or The Dark Knight had for Batman fans – We'll see five Toys R Us aisles with Superman action figures and toys. We'll, we'll see five new Superman titles, maybe, in the comic book section. We'll see a new cartoon on TV, just like there's going to be a new Green Lantern uh, cartoon coming on this spring. Because when people get crazy about something, 
when it's very popular and when it does really well, they want to capitalize on that and they want to make as much money as they can by doing as many expansions on it as they can. So I think for a while we had new Spider-Man cartoons because the movie series was real popular. And I'm hoping, and as I'm sure all Superman fans are, that we get some of that with the new movie, which kind of seemed to fall by the wayside with, with Superman Returns for whatever reason. Uh, that crazy fanship didn't take over the world like it has seemed to do with Batman. And, and it seems like every week there's a new Batman title introduced. <laughs> there are Batman books all over the place, and the Batman family is doing great. And, and, and obviously it's their most popular thing right now. And I'm hoping that we can get some of that Superman wonder back, maybe grab some new young fans that, that, that don't know that much about Superman or don't know how cool it can be. And I'm hoping, and I think that's another reason why everybody gets so upset or so passionate or so excited, because it's another chance for our favorite, as Bibbo might say, my favorite, um, to finally come into the spotlight again and maybe have his chance. Yeah, well, you know, we've got Action Comics, it's only focusing on Lex Luthor, and, you know, while that Lex and Joker issue in 897 was interesting, this whole Black Sphere thing... You know, it's, it's just pottering along. It's not really grabbing my attention so much. And then you got ground, the grounded storyline with Superman meeting this new Wonder Woman that's really the old Wonder Woman, but her continuity has changed and I had no idea what was going on there. So, uh, so I don't read Wonder Woman and it's just, you know, uh, a bit bizarre. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of problems inherent in continuing to cross over books even when they're not announced as a crossover. And by that I mean this whole Lex Luthor arc is actually just a continuation of Darkest Night, uh, Blackest Night, where he's so, uh, what is it, he's so uh, obsessed with having these orbs because he, he thinks that they'll grant him the power of the rings or, or give him back some of that power that he may have had during that Blackest Night thing that, that we've kind of lost any kind of originality to Lex Luthor. He's, he's, he's totally one-minded on obtaining these orbs, using these orbs, controlling these orbs. And, and most people, I think, don't even know what they are and don't really care. Uh, it's, it's kind of gotten to a point where I love Lex Luthor. I love seeing him developed more. I love seeing his character fleshed out. And you're getting some of that since he, he you know, action's kind of his own book right now. But it's really just, it's, it's played out on me. Um, these magical orbs that he's chasing down and Blackest Night, uh, which I didn't read. I know no. a lot of people did. I know I it was didn't. popular. Um, kind of just still grabbing onto that Blackest Night and not really saying, well, this is a Blackest Night story. But it kind of is because he's so obsessed with the power that he had then that now he's trying to find this thing, which we don't even understand or know what it is, for a full year uh, which maybe we'll get some understanding at the end, and they'll show us, or they'll, you know. But I got a, I got a feeling that it's going to be kind of a letdown. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit. Uh, like I said, I didn't read Black Knight either, and um, I mainly focus on the Superman family of characters when I read the books in the books that I read. And yeah, to me, oh, it doesn't like. Okay, I understand he's going after these things, but I just it doesn't resonate with me, and. Um, it's and the grounded storyline doesn't resonate with me either. You know, okay, I'm not American, so I don't connect to the cities necessarily that they that Superman's walking through. But um, it I don't just think seems, a lot of people do. Yeah, it just seems. I mean, to we be know what New York is. Way about going to 
connect with the people by walking through these towns when it's, and it just seems um, what's the word I'm looking for um, uh, it's formulaic it seems yeah. to me he goes to the town there's an issue he does this saves a day walks to the next town blah 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 now I said this last month and I'll say it again in that case I do think comics in general are kind of formulaic um, whether he's walking across uh, the America or whether he's in Metropolis each month, the book comes out. Uh, there's a villain. Uh, Superman figures out how to take him out, and then that's the end of the story. So in this case, he's walking somewhere where there's a villain. He takes him out. So it's kind of it's almost like taking the normal book out of Metropolis and having him face a villain in a new city each month. So it's for me, it's not so much that it's any more formulaic than what it normally is, and that may be a problem in and of itself. We we still may need to see some more diversity in the books as they go on, some some differing storylines and things. But I think in general, that's what they do anyway. But and and then as far as him walking along, I I did kind of get the impression that it was his way of uh, sort of atoning for what he feels he failed. At doing while he was away on Krypton and and his people and uh, because I think he feels like Earth people are his people too, and that because he was concentrating so long on Krypton and New Krypton and all those people that he kind of lost touch with you know because that was really otherworldly and mm. saving other planets and really alien and he had to embrace that and wear the new alien uniform and 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 kind of got away from his humanity. And I think that this was his way, in a human way, in an emotional way, to try and uh, reconnect with what it was he may have lost or let go of to become a little more cold, to, to become a little more distant, to be able to live on Krypton, on New Krypton during that arc. And I also see that we're seeing uh, – we're getting a little more to the mystery of why he's acting this way as well. So there may be a little more to that. But again, it's another situation where – I think maybe a full year of a mystery where people are annoyed at Superman acting this way uh, is too much. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're feeling a bit uh, uh, down about the regular Superman titles, there are new titles coming out that are uh, you know, not necessarily in the Superman family of things but still books that you might like to read. And uh, I'm specifically referring to Young Justice, which is a tie-in to the animated series, and DC Universe Online Legends, which is a tie-in to the uh, video game. Um, are you reading either of these titles, Scotty? I uh, haven't read The Young Justice, although uh, since I like the show so much, I'm thinking about possibly checking it out. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is, uh, and I've, I've seen a lot of these animated shows on Cartoon Network often get a tie-in book. They don't last. They don't usually seem to last very long. Yeah. And it, it almost seems like the animation that they try to keep in the book doesn't translate well from mm-hmm. television to the book because we're kind of used to a different kind of look in our comics and they try to copy the animation from television and sometimes it doesn't translate all that well. But I am reading um, the Online Legends book because I'm also playing the game. Um, I've gotten away from it a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I've been busy, but um, the online book is a nice companion piece. Or if you're not playing the game, uh, it's a nice way for you to follow the storyline that they have set forth in the game, which is written by Jeff Johns and has a lot of uh, good creative people on it. Um, so the book, which isn't written by Jeff Johns, is is a nice way to follow that story even if you're not playing the game. 
Well, there you go. So that's uh, Young Justice and DC Universe Online Legends, two new comic book titles that you might be interested in picking up. Uh, before we move into the big questions segment of the show, I wanted to uh, say a thank you and farewell to Barry Fryman, who has been with the Superman homepage for many years, um, is, uh, has been, written a very popular Superman on TV column for quite a while uh, week, on a weekly basis, and uh, he's moving on to uh, greener pastures, hopefully for him, and I uh, would like to thank him um, you know, in this podcast for his contribution to the website and wish him the best of luck in his future endeavours. Good luck, Barry. Uh, I, read your, I read your column every week, and uh, it'll be missed. Okay, let's move into the big questions segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Well, let's see. Last month's question was, uh, what do you think of DC Universe Online? And uh, based on our responses, it <laughs> seems like <laughs> not too many people think very much in one way or the other. Yeah, either um, they're not playing it or uh, you know, they, they um, don't listen to Or they're to so ensconced in playing it that they can't <laughs> yeah. even get away from the control pad. That's right. We only had one response, uh, and it wasn't even a person who plays the game. No, it was Mikey B, and uh, he said, while I don't – not only is he not playing it – he said, while I don't plan on playing DC Universe Online, I did have one question. How cool would it be if the character you created wound up making the comic series based on the game? And obviously, uh, uh, you never know. Something like that could happen. Um, my, my take on that is kind of that I don't, I don't think that they're going to go that route because I don't think that the people who are writing the comic are necessarily paying attention to the characters that – uh, we fans are creating as we play the game, but it would be real cool. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so uh, obviously, like you said, they're either too ensconced in playing the game they couldn't take time out to uh, answer the question, or the people who listen to the podcast don't play the game. So uh, I really want to answer this question, but I gotta keep fighting Doomsday. <laughs> so, uh, what's our new big question for this month that we hope uh, uh, more people will get involved is- in? And based on the passion that I've seen on the boards and people screaming back and forth at each other, I would think that we're going to get some interesting answers to this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Henry Cavill being cast as our new movie, Superman? Yeah, if you want to get involved in the big question of the month and let us know what you think of Henry Cavill, positive or negative. And remember, this is a family-friendly show, so uh, yeah, let's keep the comments uh, to, to that uh, level. Uh, you can get in <laughs> You can get involved in the Big Question segment by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Uh, Scotty and I will read out your answers in the next podcast. Or you can also record... (laughs) What was that? And we will love every minute of it. (laughs) Or you can also record your answer as an MP3 file and send it to us and we could play that in the next podcast. So I'm still waiting to see that. Record your answer, man. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Mikey B's done it a few times before, so... uh, uh, for Scotty, let's uh, hear somebody send in an MP3 answer to the big question uh, of the Superman homepage Radio KAL podcast. Lois and Clark enjoy the vagaries of parenthood. <sighs> I'm so tired. Mommy Lois needs sleep. You can go lay down for a while if you want. I'm okay as long as we keep the curtains open and there's sunlight coming in. What, and miss out on this rite of passage? I don't think I've ever heard wiping baby bottoms described quite that way before. Natasha and John Henry reconnect. This is going to end in ice cream again, isn't it? Everything. 
should end in ice cream. And baseball. And the Witty Banter Show. I can't argue with that either. You can't argue with me. I'm inarguable. And Zod and Brainiac uncover some surprise assets. Focus 13 degrees to your right with telescopic vision on the Golden Hall. It's not a ship. Perhaps we could commandeer the vessel. Our journey may be expedited. I hope they put up a fight. Chaos reigns in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 74, on February 23rd, 2011, only at PendantAudio.com. Things are back to normal. Oh, uh, could I get extra whipped cream on that shake? Oh, brother. You got it. But Kara's problems aren't over. They're trying to get me to transfer to Caltech or MIT or somewhere because Metropolis isn't safe. Isn't safe? You know, because so much weird stuff happens here. My mom is sure that there's no evil supervillains in Boston. <sighs> I guess they have a point. And elsewhere, patience runs thin. Emotional responses are not always to the benefit of our plans. Fortunately, I am not swayed by such responses. If I didn't know better, Brainiac, I would think that was some kind of an insult. Don't miss Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 46, coming February 23rd at PendantAudio.com. Bailey's Bookshelf. Now, uh, Michael Bailey returns once again this month with a new trade paperback to review. So let's hand over to Michael now and let's see what he has to say. Hey everybody and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the segment here on Radio KAL where I walk over to the bookcase deep in the archives of the Fortress of Baileytude and pick out a Superman trade paperback, hardcover, or even novel to discuss and share with you, the Radio KAL listening audience. This month, I have chosen a more recent book, if you can really count like 2006, uh, 2007 as being recent. Uh, that is Superman Back in Action. This was written by Fabian Nicieza and Kurt Busiek, with art by Pete Woods mostly, because it reprints Action Comics number 841 to 843. This is a post-Infinite Crisis story. It was actually kind of a stopgap story between Up, Up, and Away, uh, which was the big reintroduction of Superman after Infinite Crisis during the kind of one-year-later period, which I thought had some good points, but was mostly an abysmal failure. Uh, and Last Sun, which was when Jeff Johns and Richard Donner were coming on to Action Comics to bring us what was supposed to be like one of the greatest Superman stories ever, and probably would have been if it wasn't you know so horrendously late. Anyways, this story has a pretty simple premise: is that Superman has come back after being gone for a year. And a lot of people don't really believe that it's him. He's disappeared before. Is this really Superman? Is it not? How are the heroes in the uh, made-a-human community going to react to it? And the situation is kind of taken out of their hands 
when this alien known as the Auctioneer and his robot servants, as it says on the back of the trade, appeared over Earth, stealing churches, statues, bridges, islands, and heroes. So it's up to Superman to kind of lead a ragtag team of metahumans to break out of their prison. And the story overall was a lot of fun. It showed off a lot of the newer heroes that were coming out uh, during brand new uh, brand new day. <laughs> One year later, uh, that's the wrong company. <laughs> Though it did feature some characters that were close to Kurt Busiek's heart, the, the new Aquaman that was around at the time that he was writing, a character from Power Company, the new Firestorm appears, Nightwing's in the story, which, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. And mostly, I enjoyed what was going on, but at the same time, I was a little put off by the whole Superman has to prove himself thing. I, you know, I'm I'm really sensitive about that kind of thing for some reason. I don't know why. You know, I should, you know, <laughs> rationally, I should be able to say, well, you know, maybe we should question the Superman guy. But I like the character so much that usually I just want to give him a free pass. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but. The interesting part of the back in action trade is because it was only three issues uh, story wise, they had to fill the trade out with some other stuff. And they did by reprinting, of all things, issues of DC Comics Presents, which is very pre crisis in terms of publication. Uh, the first one we get is DC Comics Presents number four which featured a story uh, uh, with Superman teaming up with the Metal Men. Then, you, then they have DC Comics Presents number 17, which was a story teaming up uh, Superman with Firestorm. And finally, there was DC Comics Presents number 24, where Superman teams up with Deadman, all of these drawn by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, who, to me, is pretty much the greatest DC Comics artist um, ever, as a matter of fact. And, and I'm not kidding about that either. Uh, I love Garcia Lopez and, and, and his art. Um, so, this is kind of a mixed bag of a trade paperback, because you get, you know, on one hand you have a story that's, that's very, quote-unquote, modern, and then you have three stories that you use very different storytelling techniques because they were published in the early 80s. So it, it doesn't mean it's bad. I was just really surprised that DC did this when this trade first came out. But regardless, it's a neat little trade. It's only 15 bucks. It's well worth your time and attention. Uh, I think you'll probably get a kick out of it. I liked the story. I, I reread this trade a couple of months ago, and I, I, I dug what I um, was rereading, I guess. And, and, and you can't really beat the Pete Woods art in it. I think Pete Woods is uh, probably underrated as a Superman artist. I think he was doing a lot of really good work with the character uh, during the post-Infinite Crisis uh, era, or at least that first few months. And that is it for this month. Uh, Remember to come back on Thursdays to check out From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast uh, hosted by myself and Jeffrey Taylor, where we look at every Superman comic published between Man of Steel number 1 in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. And that's every Thursday again, right here at the Superman homepage. And now, back to Steve and Scott. 
Thank you, Michael. Now, remember, if you have a trade paperback that you would like Michael to review here on Radio KAL, you can email him via michael at supermanhomepage.com and he will try to use that suggestion in a future podcast. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Super Secret Soundbite. Last month's sound came from the 13th episode of Season 7 of Smallville entitled Hero. Two people guessed it correctly. Uh, who were they, Steve? They were Guthrie McLean and David Abraham. So Good con- job, guys. Yeah, congratulations to Guthrie and David. Now let's see if those two guys and more people can discover which episode of Smallville this sound came from. I am a general's daughter. I don't even know how to get Huffy, okay? Well, if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the uh, secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it correctly will have their name read out in the next podcast. And wins a brand new car! No, 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 <laughs> you don't you win a car. Are you going to pay for that? <laughs> no, don't get excited, don't get excited. <laughs> Maybe we can buy them a little Matchbox car. Yes, I'll send them the Matchbox car. <laughs> we'll buy the ones that have the little Superman logo on them. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move into the Superman song segment. So what do we have this month? We have Superman by Donna Fargo from 1973. Wow. Well, he's Donna Fargo. I think it's got a bit of a country flavor to it. Uh, And Donna Fargo is still going around. She has her own official website at DonnaFargo.com. That's D-O-N-N-A-F-A-R-G-O.com. So check out Donna Fargo at her website. Uh, And here's her song, Superman. Superman. Superman, 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 
glad that you forgive me all the times I am wrong. Cause I don't know what in the world I'd do if someone else came along for you. You're made of stronger stuff than I. So I know that you'd survive if something caused our love to end. But darling, how would I? How would I live here in this big world all alone without you? With no one to care for me the way that you do. What would I do with all this love I have to give to only you? How would I live with myself? It don't even seem fair to you to have such power over me. But I had nothing to do with the fact that you are the reason I am me. So darling, let me apologize for putting all the responsibility on you. But if someone took your love from me, well, they'd have to take me too. Cause how would I live here in this big world all alone without you? With no one help for me the way that you do. What would I do with all this love I have to give? That's the show for another month. There you have it, indeed. Now, now, do you think these people have to pay anybody when they write a song about Superman? I don't think so. You know, I think it's uh, one of those things where you know he's in the public eye, and um, it's just you know a character name that uh, you, you can you can use. I mean, I, I suppose in your lyrics, I remember there was one guy who wrote Superman in his song lyric or his song title as S U P E R M A double N. Because he was worried about copyright um, concerns, mm. but um, yeah, with over five hundred songs mentioning the word Superman in their lyrics, uh, I don't think it's an issue. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> That'd be maybe that's maybe some. If the legal people at DC Comics get bored one day, they could always start hunting these people down. That's right. <laughs> A lot of money to be made there if they wanted. Yeah, there to. it is. <laughs> but uh, that's the show for another month. As I said. Uh, remember, if you have a suggestion for Scotty and I, maybe there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, something we missed out on talking about this month. Maybe there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael to review. Maybe there's a song you'd like to suggest. Uh, maybe there's a big question you'd like us to pose to the fandom. All those ideas can be sent to us using the Radio KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage 
or you could always email me via steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can get scotty at scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we'll try to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com. Hey.